What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Holy City Hoops podcast. College basketball season is here. It's been a long time coming, but college basketball begins across the country this week. Your favorite college football team is probably not going to win a championship unless you root for Alabama. So why not just pivot your attention to college basketball, right? I've got a fantastic guest on this week, Everett German. The voice of the Cougars is on to give us the full download from last week's exhibition game. That game was not broadcast, but Everett was there and gave a really, really detailed account of how everyone looked. And you'll just hear it in his voice. He is super high on some of the young players this year. Uh, Zepp Jasper, Isaiah Moore, Jalen Richard, some of the guys coming off the bench. I think you'll be really excited to hear Everett's thoughts on all of them. Uh, So we recap everything of note from the exhibition. And then we play a fun little game I called Big Deal, No Big Deal, or Little Bit of a Big Deal, where I gave Everett a stat from the box score, and he told me whether he thinks it's a big deal or not. After that, we talk a little bit about Tuesday's season opener against Presbyterian, what we both want to see from the Cougars in their first game. It's a really good conversation. Everett's super passionate about the Cougars ever since he was a student at CFC, and he is really high on this year's team. Last thing, remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify, and check out some of the articles we have up at holycityhoops.com. And make sure you're at TD Arena on Tuesday against Presbyterians. The season opener, the banner from last year's NCAA tournament run is going to be going up, and it should be a lot of fun. And that's it. Here's my conversation with Everett German. We've got a very special guest this week. I am joined by the voice of the Cougars. You know him from the Charleston Radio Network, where he's the play-by-play man for all CFC men's basketball games. This season, you can also catch him hosting the Charleston Coaches Show. That's on Monday evenings on 94.7 FM and ESPN 910. That's live from Uptown Social as well. This guy's voice is synonymous with Cougar Hoops. Very excited to welcome in Everett German. How are you? I'm doing great, Tommy. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm glad that we've got real basketball. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's been took forever to get to this point, but uh, just so happy to be in hoop season and uh, really it's just a great time for all us, you know, sports fans. You got basketball, you got football, hockey, you name it. It's going on right now. So a good time, but especially for us Cougar fans, it's a good time uh, of the year. Basketball season for the Cougars is going. Our Washington Redskins have a winning record. Life is good for you and me, Ev. But listen, there was a basketball game at TD Arena on Thursday night, as it was an exhibition against Benedict College. It was not being streamed. I did not get to hear your great radio call, but you were in the arena and to take it all in. So I was hoping for this episode, you could kind of recap for the folks like myself who couldn't be there, your overall impressions of the team and what you kind of took away from the Cougars lone exhibition tune up. Yeah, I thought the Cougars played uh, well, considering, as you mentioned, it's really the first time that this team has had a, uh, I guess, a live game. Of course, they had a, a closed scrimmage uh, last week, but an opportunity for the fans to actually see and you know, losing such key components like Joe Chile and Cam Johnson, an opportunity for uh, some of the veterans and the newcomers to showcase what they can do. And uh, exact, Charleston did exactly what they were supposed to do, you know, coming out had a commanding lead, uh, 41 to 28 at the half. Um, got a little, I guess, coming out of the gate, a little nervous, but kind of settled down and uh, just really played Charleston basketball. And in the second half, just turned it up offensively and defensively uh, to the tune of, you know, just giving up 15 points in the second half for a nice commanding victory uh, against Benedict. But, uh, you know, same old, same old, the, the big two, uh, leading the way, led by Grant Miller, who scored 23 points on 8 of 13 shooting. Uh, also, uh, Jarrell Brantley, a, a double-double, 19 points and, and 10 rebounds. So those guys already in their kind of midseason form. And I got to tell you, Tommy, the guy that I think a lot of Charleston people are going to really be excited about, it's the freshman Zepp Jasper. Um, oh, yeah. We say freshman. But, you know, Zepp uh, graduated from high school. I guess that would have been two years ago. Uh, right after that, went to mm-hmm. prep school. And then, of course, last year, redshirted. So he's about as experienced as you could be for a freshman and uh, shot the ball well, five for 10 from the floor, uh, four of eight from behind the arc, and got some, you know, got the start with Marquis still out 
uh, with his coming back from his elbow injury. But uh, yeah, Zepp Jasper, that's a guy that I think a lot of Cougar fans are going to be uh, very pleased with this upcoming season. Yeah, the hype's been building on him for a while. I remember being pretty excited when he first signed. Like you said, I mean, it feels like forever ago at this point. But um, I know Coach Grant had said even during his redshirt year that, you know, there was definitely some opportunity for him to help the team even as a true freshman. So I, I just saw his box score last night. I was excited to see that he was so efficient from the field. I didn't know he had that kind of shooting touch. I, I knew he was a, a scrappy defender and all that. But, yeah, he – I mean, th- the number that stuck out to me was four assists with zero turnovers for, for a freshman point guard. Exactly, and one steal and 27 minutes of action. And as soon as the ball comes in, he's going to make you work. And you and I both know – the one name that immediately comes to mind against uh, Vasa Pushitsa against Northeastern. Mm-hmm. So when we play those guys, Zep will be in his pocket. And when he gets a little tired, they'll go over to Marquise. And of course, that's the team that we're you know trying to aim for in terms of CAA play. And Zep Jasper is the type of player that can definitely uh, give us an edge. Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll, we'll get to, to Zep individually more in a bit, but... What were just kind of your overall impressions of the team? You had mentioned maybe a little bit of jitters at the start of the game, but as it went on, what what were kind of your your takeaways? Well, as you know, the starting lineup was Brantley, Harris, Riller. Uh, Brevin Galloway also got the start, and he shoot the ball extremely well, just two of seven from the floor. But what stuck out even more was the five turnovers. You know, Charleston had uh, 15 as a team, and he had 33% of those. So I'm sure that's something that Coach Grant and the staff will touch on it's this you have to protect the basketball. You know, we do a great job of uh, forcing tough shots. And when we get the ball offensively, we just can't give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, those guys got the, you know, got the start. And as the game kind of went on, they kind of settled down. Uh, in terms of some of the newbies, I thought Jalen Richard, a young man who definitely has a chance, and I've heard and seen by far probably the most athletic player on the squad. He came out. Uh, he was three for five. I did a nice job of passing the basketball as well, uh, which was, you know, fairly well. You know, when you think of freshmen, their first game, you don't know what you're going to get offensively. And, of course, defensively, if you're going to play for Coach Grant, you got to play defense. And I thought uh, him as well as Isaiah Moore, who grabbed 12, a game-high 12 rebounds, uh, I thought they did really well. And then in terms of the bigs, uh, Osanachi Smart. Uh, OC is going to have to play some big minutes this year to kind of spell – uh, Nick Harris and I thought OC looked a little more comfortable now now that he's a couple years into the program uh, he kind of I think the game is starting to slow down for him and while we don't necessarily need scoring from him he did give us seven points and five rebounds in just 16 minutes of action so if he could bring that type of energy and I would say if he could be a, a poor man's version of Devontae Kaycock in terms of rebounding and setting screens and you know finishing plays uh, he definitely will see a lot of minutes this season. Even a poor man's Devontae Kaycock would be would be huge coming off the bench. I wanted to ask you about OC and Samba. I don't know if there's, and I want to get your opinion on this, is there an opportunity for those guys to play on the court at the same time? Because it seems like they might both be fighting for that spot behind Nick. But, um, you know, they, they had pretty similar numbers in terms of, you know, points and, and field goal percentage. What do you think? Do you think that's a roster or a... Uh, a playing time battle, or could they both work their way into the lineup? I would have to say so. I'd, I'd be shocked if you ever saw them on the floor uh, in crucial minutes at the same time. You know, Coach Grant is uh, definitely kind of shifting more towards that positionless basketball, sure. um, which is the new trend going on really in the NBA and college. And, you know, with that, he has the ability to put, you know, a Jarrell Brantley at a five, a Jalen McManus at a, a four. And then, of course, you know, you could go with a Zep and a uh, a Marquise and a, and a Grant if you want to kind of go small, or you could put a Jalen Richard, a Quan McClooney, another young man, a freshman yeah. that I haven't spoken about. So that being said, and especially when it comes to CAA play where you're not going to see, you Giant know, a six, yeah, 6'10 and, you know, 7-2 front courts, I'd be shocked both of them on the floor uh, at the same time. Yeah, I think so too. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, OC had his moments at the beginning of last season, and then I know he had some injury issues, and Samba had a couple games where he looked pretty competent out there. So that's that, those are two guys I'm looking at. But it's great to hear the feedback on the freshmen. I know that was a pretty um, well-acclaimed 
class coming in. So it's great right. to hear guys like Jalen and and Quan and Isaiah all looked good. Like I tell you about Isaiah, Tommy, he's going to be a player. The issue for Isaiah is I need to give him some of my weight <laughs> so that way we can get him up to like 200 pounds. I mean, he has uh, quick hops. He's very athletic. He's 6'9", but he's, you know, 185, 190 pounds. And he can definitely shoot it from – we saw last night he hit a Drain couple three. from the outside. Yeah, so he has perimeter skills because, he you know, he kind of – Suddenly, over the last, I believe, two years of high school, um, you know, this young man had averaged over, what, 25 points at Sumter High. Wow. And so for that point, you know, in CAA play, yeah, if you put him at the three or the four and make you know some of your traditional bigs come from the basket and guard him, that's going to be a tough matchup because Isaiah can put it on the floor. But, you know, when it comes to actually battling down you know, underneath, that's where his girth will have to definitely pick up and get just a little more physical. Unfortunately, there's no more, you know, Goosties running around in the CAA. Uh, still got Kaycock, but in terms of frontline players, uh, not too many bruising guys still roaming uh, the CAA courts. I know the term matchup nightmares is, is overused nowadays, but to have a guy who can drain shots and have that shooting touch like more seems to have demonstrated so far, and at that height and that length, which I know Coach Grant is a huge fan of for, for the defensive potential, he, he, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited on him. I was looking forward to hearing what Jalen Rashard did, but Isaiah kind of sneakily, you know, stood out to me on the box score. I'm going to give you a comparison, uh, Tommy. If you remember a couple of years, not a couple of years ago now, because he played for Coach Crimmins and then for Coach, uh, the staff after that. But you remember Jonathan Burroughs Cook? Yeah, I remember him dunking in an exhibition game. <laughs> Yes, and then, of course, he finished his career at Chattanooga. Right. That's what Jalen Richard is. He's that type hmm. of athletic guy, yeah. kind of undersized, that has plenty of bounce, um, can be just that that type of guy that can just kind of wow the crowd with one of those uh, you know, exciting moves. So that's probably, for Cougar fans, that's the best comparison and analogy I can give you. He's very much like Jonathan Burroughs Cook, and, uh, and even to me kind of favors him a little bit in terms of how he actually looks uh, physically, but... Uh, yeah, you're going to be – he's another guy that I think will uh, definitely uh, Cougar fans to their feet uh, two or three times this season. His uh, high school mixtape is pretty insane for anybody who's listening who hasn't watched it. I mean, some of the dunks he uncorked in that were, were nuts. Yeah, he's he's um, he's special. He's one of those talents. And, you know, for him, I think it's going to come down to defensively and, again, making that adjustment and that transition from – high school to college and when you think about it in high school you really don't have to be when you're as talented as a uh, Isaiah Moore or Jalen Richard or, or a Quan you know those guys you're the best player on the floor so you don't really have to yeah per se play your best defense because you know they get by you well you can just go up and you know pin it up against the backboard or you can uh, you know no one's gonna blow by you because you're just that much better than everybody else of course at this level it's a little different. You know, Coach Grant has a very uh, specific way how he teaches defense in terms of rotations and where he's supposed to be on the floor. Um, these these freshmen, they're, they're getting it. Still not where Coach probably wants them to be. But again, you know, this is their first, first season in the beginning of the season. So I think the quicker that they can pick that up, then Coach can uh, develop some or even more trust in these guys to, you know, give them some quality, uh, quality minutes in that backcourt. There's definitely a learning curve defensively, I feel like, with, with Earl Grant's system. I'm, I'm interested to see how he weighs sort of the veteranship of uh, a guy like Jalen McManus or, or Osi or Brevin versus the potential, but maybe they're not quite there defensively, of, of some of that freshman class. Well, those guys on the wing, they'll have their opportunity up really November and December, mm -hmm. you know, without uh, Marquise playing, that's going to give Zepp some more minutes. Yeah. And, you know, Jalen McManus didn't play last night because he was, he's been in a walking boot really all preseason long, but he's back. He's healthy. I believe he practiced on Saturday and Monday or, or maybe Monday and Tuesday. He's, you know, he's back. He probably could have played last night, but they didn't want to really push it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you add him to the mix as well. These guys, they'll have an opportunity to earn their playing time because of some of these injuries. And, of course, you know, in December, uh, Sam will also be uh, available, the transfer that's sitting out uh, from Dayton. So, yeah, these freshmen, you're getting your chance early on. If you do what you're supposed to do, 
uh, you can bet they'll be logging some minutes in January and February. So those are some of the new guys. And like you said, Grant and Jarrell last night kind of did their thing. I think in an exhibition game, you don't want any surprises. You don't want to accidentally find yourself sleepwalking into a into a real game. So it's good to see Grant and Jarrell seem like they, they didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah. One of the things that Coach had talked about when I spoke with him uh, earlier this year was Grant was practicing a little bit more sort of lead guard duties, a little bit more passing. He was also working on moving without the ball a little bit more. He does so much with the ball in his hands, but he worked this offseason on sort of point guard skills and maybe some some off-ball movement. Did you see anything like that? Yeah, you know, Danny and I actually commented on, uh, you know, a couple times Grant was the point guard, and I think that's also getting him ready for the next level. Yep. But when you have an exciting player, you know, like Grant, you want the ball in his hands as much as you possibly can. Uh, we know he'll be garnering a lot of attention. He's not a sleeper anymore. We go from a three-head monster to a two-head monster in terms of, you know, being our, our top offensive options. But, you know, he just has to learn how to, yeah, just move without the ball, come off those screens. And when he gets to be a point guard, you know, just an ideal situation for, you know, pick and roll or a high ball screen for one of the post players because we all know his first step is very lethal. Yeah. And if he can turn that corner, you know, anything can happen. So if he can be more of that kind of playmaker, um, I think that's going to bode well for him, not only this season and next season, but once he starts getting paid uh, to play basketball. Well, you've got me really excited about about the team. Everything sounds great from uh, the way you're describing the exhibition. Well, you know, and it was, it was Benedict, you know, it's yeah. a D3 school. You're supposed to blow them out. But I also say, you know, just last week, uh, you know, South Carolina, they played a D3 school at home against yeah. Augusta and, and lost. So, um, you know, these, these are the types of games that, yeah, anything can happen. But uh, from what we've seen, the you know, offense and defense uh, last night, they did what they were supposed to do. You know, it's kind of like the whole uh, the Alabama talking college football, like they're blowing everybody out and, you know, their schedule is so weak. Well, if it's that weak, then you're supposed to blow everybody out. And that's what they're doing. So I think Coach Grant is obviously pleased with uh, the team's performance, obviously still room to grow and, and get better. But I mean, anytime you hold a team to uh, they only shot 18 percent from the floor, yeah. uh, got outscored 38 to 10 you know, in the paint, uh, he's going to be happy. And I know you mentioned about Nick Harris not scoring last night, uh, but he did grab nine rebounds and also, you know, dished out three assists and had, you know, a block and a steal. So, again, I think it's all about this year, Tommy, just like knowing your roles. Scoring, mm -hmm. we're going to rely on Jarrell. We're going to rely on, you know, on Grant. And after what we saw last night, we're going to rely on, you know, Zepp as well. So he'll yeah. kind of be that third, that third score. And then, you know, if Nick can control the glass, if, you know, a Brevin Galloway can can do his thing defensively, if, you know, Jalen McManus, when he gets those wide open looks in the corner, if he can hit those and just everyone do their part, I think this team has a, a, a great chance to repeat as CAA champions um, and possibly go back to the tournament once again. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of the, uh, the same mindset I had. Seems like there's versatility on the team and guys can can do different things but it'll just be about kind of how those pieces fit together and i think also finding a vocal leader you know last year you had cam you had joe grant is just a quiet kid by nature right jarell can be fiery but you know he's he's it's his senior year it's his final farewell tour so he's the one that when things get rough or things are out of sync he's the one that's going to have to bring everybody together calm everyone down and, uh, you know, just kind of lead by example. And I think Jarrell will definitely step up this year and do that. I think he has the potential to as well. He's, you know, so fiery on the court. Uh, I, I believe in his ability to uh, to control the, the sentiment of the team. I mean, getting to the free throw line 14 times. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. that's, that's getting it done. And, you know, instead of settling for jump shots, because, you know, when you're up by, you know, 52 points or 40 points for the majority of the second half you have a tendency to want to you know shoot threes and get out of character but that was not the case the Cougs continue to pound the ball uh inside and get to the free throw line and they got to the free throw line 30 times uh, connecting on 24 of them so uh yeah they continue to do that and not fall in love they did attempt 25 threes but again a lot of that kind of occurred in the second half uh once you know Charleston had that commanding lead so 
Uh, but I'm excited. Uh, you know, Presbyterian on Tuesday, uh, a really good uh, non-conference schedule, a good home schedule, you know, at TD Arena this year. So, yeah, man, it, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. For sure. So I was thinking of a fun game we could play. I'm calling this big deal, no big deal, or a little bit of a big deal. Again, since okay. since all we can do uh, as, as out-of-towners like myself is – look at the box score and try to catch a few highlight clips on Twitter. I was hoping I could give you some stats that jumped out to me and I don't want to misinterpret anything. So I want to turn to you. You tell me if it's a big deal, if it's something that came out of the blue or you think is sustainable throughout the season, or if it's no big deal, you think it's an anomaly. It's the level of competition from the exhibition, or it's a little bit of a big deal. So you know, it's not something you're going to overreact to, but it's not something you're going to totally write off either. So if I throw some stats at gotcha. you, are you game? I am game. I'm ready to go. All right. So the first one that this jumped out to me so much on the box score that I had to do a double take. Isaiah Moore comes off the bench and grabs 12 rebounds in 16 minutes. Big deal, not a big deal, or a little bit of a big deal? I'd say a little bit of a big deal. Because I don't want to dismiss it as nothing. It is a true freshman, his first collegiate game. But again, with him being 6'9", his talent was definitely above uh, what anything Benedict had. But again, he did what he was supposed to do, more impressively with a game-high four offensive rebounds. So a little bit of a, a big deal because I think that gives him some confidence, some you know, some swagger. You throw in eight points with that. Uh, he did have three turnovers, but yeah, I'll say a little big deal for Isaiah. I knew he could shoot. I knew he had some guard skills, but to me, the uh, the twelve rebounds really, really jumped out. Yeah, and if he can do that on a consistent basis, he could be that guy that you know is that first guy off the bench uh, in terms of the front court. Yeah. All right. Next one. We we alluded to this already, but Nick Harris, zero points, only one field goal attempt in his seventeen minutes uh, starting the game. Big deal, not a big deal, a little bit of a big deal. I'm going to go with the big deal just for that same reason why I said for Jalen. Uh, you know, no one over 6'6", really, uh, on the floor for Benedict. And again, Nick concentrated on what he needed to, which was rebounding. But still, you would think if you're 6'10", you got 6'6", guarding you, you get those touches. You got to, uh, even if you can't make field goals, at least get to the free throw line. Uh, he mm-hmm. didn't attempt any free throws last night as well. So, obviously, you know, Nick has his spots. We'll see some games where he'll look like the next coming of, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then some games he'll just focus on everything but scoring. So, I just want to see with this being his final hooray, fifth-year senior, that he just go out with the mentality that he's going to dominate. He needs to get at least 10 points and eight rebounds every single game. Um, so, that's that. I think that's a big deal because that's not what we want to see in him, you know, early on. We want him to get off on the on the right foot, at least offensively. Defensively rebounding and passing the basketball, A-plus. But the scoring, yeah. uh, that is a little bit of a concern. He brings the rim protection and the rebounding and the defense every game. I totally agree, though. I think when he starts off a game hot, you know, when he hits that, that uh, hook shot to start the game or he gets a dunk early on. He seems so much more aggressive offensively. And I know coach Grant had talked about in the off season, getting him involved early to kind of build his confidence up. So for me, seeing the, the one field goal attempts, zero points. Uh, I, yeah. That, that's something I wanted to, to get your opinion on. Yeah. It only played 17 minutes because again, coach may be trying to feel out what the young kids can do in terms of, you know, Isaiah. Uh, and then of course, you know, uh, OC and Samba. So, but yeah, and you're right. There were games last year. I remember specifically that coach talked about it in the pregame show. Go to Nick early and get him going. I think I want to say the William and Mary game may have been one of those games. And of course, he got going. And once that happened, that just opened the floodgates for you know Grant Riller. And Grant had what 25 points in that first half. So yeah, we can get that established and, and maybe get Nick going. Every game, that's just going to open up everything for everybody else, and then you really have a problem if you're playing Charleston. The two two games I remember from Nick's career the most, uh, the LSU game when he came off the bench, gets a put-back dunk for like his first points and is a huge component in us pulling the upset. And then that Drexel game last year at TD Arena, I think 
Williams from Drexel was missing, and Nick just went to yeah. town. And and even Samba came off the bench that came and, and gave a great spark. Those guys were just going to work in the paint. Yeah, you're right, because that was when Austin Williams was in the walking boot. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. He did have, I think he had, what, eight or ten of the first games. So you're right. That was one of the games. And I just remember him and Nathan Knight uh, kind of going back and forth in that William and Mary game as well, you know, at mm-hmm. TD Arena. So yeah, we just, just got to get Nick, get him involved. And like you said, when he starts feeling good offensively, then the energy picks up in terms of blocking shots and owning the glass. I mean, he just needs to, to make those uh, defensive rebounds his. All right, these next two are are ones we also touched on briefly at the top, but Zepp Jasper, uh, like I said, four assists, zero turnovers, 14 points on a very efficient 50% from the field and 50% from the arc. How much of a big deal are you making out of that? Yeah, I mean, five for 10 from the floor, four of eight from behind the arc. I mean, shot it with confidence. He kind of got hot there in the second half and to the point that he had a, a heat check three right in front of the uh, Cougar bench. I love it. That just barely rimmed out. Oh. So, yeah, he um, he has confidence. Again, he's 18. He's not, he didn't play high school basketball last year. He's been, it's been two years since he's, you know, played in a, a organized game. And I can tell you, just talking with him last year, uh, he couldn't wait to get on the floor. And, you know, I, I, I talked, I heard just much like yourself. I heard about Zepp from uh, Marcus Woods, who played at Charleston back in the Coach mm-hmm. Crest uh, yeah. years, and he was nicknamed the Glove. And you know he lives in Atlanta now and coaches uh, AAU organization with James Forrest, who's his best friend and played at Georgia Tech. And so he knew about Zepp way back when. And a lot of people basically said if Zepp were two to three inches taller, he'd be playing in the ACC or the SEC. Oh, that wow. he really could go. He was going to guard you 94, you know, feet. And I really didn't hear anything about his scoring abilities, just that he was a, a true point guard that every coach would love. And he comes out last night and, you know, I mean, he's shooting the ball. Like that's just what he does. So uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be exciting to watch. Cause that young man is, he's just a special talent. Um, he's not cocky, but he does have, I mean, he, he just expects to win. You know, he's, he's just a winner, and he's confident in his game. He knows what he can do. He obviously knows this offense because he played in it all last year. He had to guard Joe Chile every day in practice last year and go against Joe. So that obviously has helped him as well. So, yeah. Uh, True. Zep, yeah. That, with a stat line like that, Tommy, we can get that every game. 14, two rebounds, four assists, no turnovers, and a steal. And 27 minutes of action, I'll take that every single night. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I'm excited about Zepp. I'm excited to see him in person. So he gets one starting spot. And then the one that I thought was up for grabs uh, went to Brevin Galloway. You know, I knew with Pointer being out, Zepp would step in. And then you obviously have Grant, Jarrell, and Nick. So I didn't know, you know, if if, if it was going to be Brev or if Jalen was healthy enough to, to start the game or maybe it was going to be Richard or or Isaiah. Um, but Brev gets the start. And you you mentioned five turnovers. He did lead the team in plus minus if you're into those kinds of stats. So obviously the, the the team was playing well when he was on the court. He had the most minutes last night. But the the five turnovers, you making a big deal out of it or not so much? Because, uh, you know, those that's the first time Brad has played like extended minutes. And some of them were just yeah. careless passes or just trying to do too much, uh, trying to force the issue. And I'm sure Coach is going to say, hey, just – let the game come to you, you know, play your role, which is that off guard or, you know, play, play defense, work hard on that end. So, yeah, I mean, you, you never want to see five turnovers in any setting, but considering the whole circumstances and I'm with you, that, that other star position, it could be Brev, it could be Jalen Richard, or it could be Jalen McManus. You know, if you go with the lineup of Darrell Brantley, uh, Jalen McManus, Grant and Zepp, that's pretty good. That's a lineup that can hang with the LSUs of the world and the, you know, whoever we play in that second round, Oklahoma State and Rhode Island, because, you know, you're talking, you know, 6'10", you know, 6'7", and, and 6'9", right there on that front line. And then, of course, you know, with, yeah. with Riller and Zepp, that's, that lineup could cause some, cause some problems. So it'll be interesting to see. And Coach May, you know, I know he's very high on, on Brevin this year and it's expecting him to take a big jump from what we've seen from him the first, you know, two years. So, uh, you know, obviously whatever coach decides, I, I said, that's the best decision. And 
as long as he's, you know, giving production and not hurting the team. And the one way he can hurt the team is by obviously turning the basketball over. So if he protects the basketball, plays defense, and, you know, makes shots when, when teams don't respect him, yeah, Brev could uh, potentially stay in that starting lineup. So I don't know too much about Brev's game aside from his three-point shooting. I know he's a, a bigger guard, but I, I haven't seen too much of him defensively. And, you know, he's kind of a, a spot-up guy in, in limited minutes last year. Do you do you have much insight into into the rest of his offensive game? Yeah, I mean, like, he's a guy that can put it on the floor. He's not a, a – he doesn't look like he's a comfortable point guard. Uh, the few times that he did have to bring up against pressure, he was able to do it, but, you know, doesn't feel that's just not his position. He's more, I think, of a, a catch-and-shoot guy, but, you know, a ton of athleticism. Um, his dad was a, a basketball standout at Lander. Um, his mom played, I think she was an All-American volleyball player at Georgia. And then, of course, his younger brother, Braden, is a tight end on the yeah, football Clemson. team at Clemson. So yeah. you know, just a, a family full of athletes. And Brandon, he ha- yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got it in him. He just needs to play with, you know, with confidence. And I think back to when I saw Brev in high school, um, we went to one of his one of those Christmas tournament games there at Dorm. You know, he shot it well. You know, had a couple of acrobatic dunks, but defensively, that's the one glaring thing that jumped out at me was just how I mean, he really had no defensive principle. You know, he, he was never in a defensive stance. He, you know, help side defense wasn't really up to par, and you know, just and that was the one thing that I said. I know he's going to have to definitely improve on if he wants to play at, mm-hmm. at Charleston. So I think he's he's getting better at it. But again, I mean, he registered his first year, and last year he just played you know mop up duty. So this year will be a year for him to you know really shine and and show what he can do. Definitely, yeah. No, I'm excited to to see him as well. I mean, he's he's been with the team. This is year three, and this is kind of his his first shot to to really show what he's got. So I'm excited for him. And he's been hurt, you know. Yeah. As well probably about half of the season last year as well. So that further, you know, delayed him. So he'll, he'll be good to go. So I know the the rotation in Grant's tenure has been pretty tight most years. I think he would rather play a, a shorter rotation. But last night, you know, exhibition, the big lead, more guys got to play than usual. But having said that, and with that as a qualifier, 33 points off the bench last night. How big of a deal are you making out of that one? Uh, not that big of a deal because some of these points you're not going to get, you know, obviously once we get Marquise and, uh, you know, Jalen back to the mix. So I guess we'll still get those points because now some of these starter points will be on the bench. But yeah, I, I'd be shocked if you, you know, once you get uh, Marquise and Jalen back that, you know, you get 16 points from Jalen Richard and Isaiah Moore, you know, combined. Then you get 13 points from the front court from Osanachi yep. and, and, and Samba. But if they can produce, you know, you look at Samba's numbers, uh, six points, eight rebounds, and two blocks and nine, nine minutes. minutes of action. Yeah. If you can do that, then, yeah, you're, you're going to play, you know, some extended minutes as well. So it'll just depend on the flow of the game, you know, what's going on, who we're going against. And there's some teams that coach, you know, feels a little more comfortable. Uh, one that comes to mind, I remember last night, Brevin got beat on a couple of back doors. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, those types of defensive lapses against a Wayman Mary, that's automatic They'll two get you. points, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that'll just be a situation where it's going to be game for game. Coach has a, does such a great job of, has a feel of his team. And, you know, one night a guy might play 18, 20 minutes, and the next night he might not play at all just because coach just doesn't have that confidence and trust in that particular situation and setting. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll probably see Jarrell playing more than 26 minutes, uh, Grant Riller playing more than, than 26, and Jet playing more than 27. Those three will be clearly in the you know the 30-minute mm-hmm. uh, area. So, yeah, I just don't think the bench will have that much uh, opportunity to produce like they did last night. So I can't tell this from, from the box score, but – Samba's production in those nine minutes, was that mostly in garbage time or, or did, did OC come off the bench before him and, and then yeah. Samba played late? OC played in the first half. I think Samba didn't okay. come in until the second half, you know, to, to kind of wrap the game up. So, gotcha. uh, but yeah, so OC was definitely the first big off of the bench last night. Yeah. Like I said, um, you know, it seems like both those guys kind of showed up. So I'll, I'll be interested to see 
where Grant turns to when uh, when Nick leaves the court. We saw Jarrell slide over to the five for, for those four-guard sets that were really, really good offensively. But, you know, OC, if he's developing, might have to play him next to Jarrell. Yeah, you know, and, and from a physical standpoint and awareness, OC seems to be maybe a tad bit ahead of Samba. Um, you know, Samba okay. still has those sometimes moments where he, you know, just kind of gets out of out of uh, position. But, you know, OC, he, he gets it. And I know he was somewhat frustrated with himself last year because of his lack of playing time. And I think he really worked hard over the summer to, you know, be ready to go for this year. And, you know, you don't want to wear Jarrell down. You don't want to wear, uh, you know, Nick down. And if you could get, obviously, you have to have at least three um, in that rotation of that front court. But if you can get four, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can get 30 from 30 minutes from Nick and 30 from Jarrell and, you know, have those other two play, you know, eight to 12 minutes each. I believe that's probably ideally what coach would like. But it also goes back to that positionless basketball where we're going against a team that, you know, goes small as well. Well, then obviously you have to take those guys out, um, except, you know, Jarrell, who can guard a wing player if he had to. So, uh, yeah, those those two are battling. But from what I saw last night, it appeared that OC is a little ahead of uh, Samba. Gotcha. All right, I got one more for you, but I think I already know how you're going to reply. Grant Riller, one for four from three last night. Big deal or not a big deal? Not a big deal. You know, he was, That's he what was I so expected. concentrated on, <laughs> on just getting to the basket. That first step is still very uh, lethal, and that's probably the one area that, you know, he'll definitely want to improve on because we know that when he wants to get to the rim, you know, good luck trying to stop that guy. So if he can consistently, yep. uh, you know, shoot at 40% or higher on the three-point line, then he's going to be nearly impossible – uh, to stop because you won't be able to give him space because he can rise up and, you know, and hit it. Um, and of course we all know what happens when you try to crowd Mr. Riller, you have the potential to, uh, they'll split you and either be, go right to the yeah, rim. Yeah. You could potentially be on the sideline with the trainer with uh tape around your knees, <laughs> your ankles, both, or last night, Tommy, he, uh, took flight on the baseline and almost, uh, brought the house down with a, a, Big time dunk on a Benedict player, but the ball came out at the last minute. But yeah, there's no doubt that uh, Mr. Riller could definitely put you on a poster if he catches you sleeping the wrong way. Man, between him, Jalen Richard, and and OC, might be some some thunderous dunks coming down inside TD Arena. Yeah, and Jalen, like I said, he has that those sneaky hops. You know, like you probably if you don't see him on tape, and it's a one on one fast break, you're thinking, ah, oh, this guy, two six three. He's going to try to lay it in, you know, with the left hand or the right hand, and you kind of lazily jump. That's when you end up on, into the, uh, the the basket <laughs> with ease because Jalen yeah. Richard definitely can. Uh, I think he's going to get a couple of people this season. Ah, oh, man. The hype the hype just keeps building the more you talk, Everett. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a fun time. And the crowd, about 3,000 people, somewhat expected. Good crowd, yeah. Yeah, for Thursday night. You're playing Benedict, yeah. you know. Now Tuesday will be kind of tricky because it's you know it's election night, it's Tuesday night, it's Presbyterian. But I, I, the game that I really want to encourage all, you know, well I want them to come to all the games, but that Rhode Island game, um, I think is huge with them being the the A10, I guess conference champions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, last year and, and going to the tournament. I think they made it to the. Uh, round of 32 if I'm not mistaken so I know they won a, their opening round game but that's going to be you know those are types of games that we can consistently win um, it just it just puts us more in the spotlight in terms of one of the top mid-major programs in the you know in the country so that's that's a game that we definitely need to come out and you know get 5,000 in there um, and, and just show them what Charleston basketball is about because it definitely is back we have not only solid basketball players, but we have solid student athletes and young men who represent their families, themselves, and, and the college well, whether it be here in town or when we're on the road. And that's the one thing that, you know, really stands out. It's just how, um, you know, mannerable and uh, just good guys, guys that, you know, I don't mind having my 11-year-old daughter around 
um, because I know they're going to, you know, do the right thing and, you know, act the right way. So uh, hopefully this community and the fans and Cougar Nation, that they'll get behind this Charleston team. So I think this is going to be a very, you know, special ride. Still have a lot of expectations, but you know, in a way, Tom, I kind of feel like we're in Northeastern's head. You know, like we just – I can't say the last time they, we've seen them. They were 0-3 against us. Yeah. So, you know, and especially after the collapse last year, um, you know, they'll, they'll want revenge. But, yeah, you, you know, we, we may have lost Chile and, and Cam Johnson. But, okay, now you have to deal with Zepp Jasper and, you know, uh, better Grant Riller and Jarrell Brantley. So, uh, it's going to be a, a fun season. I think the CAA is going to be fun and a, a great non-conference schedule. So, yeah, man, it's 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 a good time to be a Cougar, and I just hope the fans come out and support the kids. So let's talk about the regular season opener a little bit. Obviously, like you said, against Presbyterian, not a team expected to finish in the top half of the Big South. I was actually looking back. I, I could have sworn we had played them more recently, but we haven't played them since since Earl Grant became our coach, which was surprising. But second-year coach Dustin Kearns, um, they've got a couple guys to look out for. Devon Bell is a fifth-year senior point guard uh, who averaged 13 points per game and led the conference in assists last season. Francois Lewis, a 6'9 big man, who was actually ruled ineligible the second half of the year but averaged about 12 a game before that. But, you know, maybe more so than the competition itself, what what do you want to see out of the Cougars in the first game that's going to count toward their record i think just to to come out and as we both know the game is not played on paper you have to go out and execute and i think that's the one thing that hopefully this team will be able to carry over from you know the exhibition game on on thursday night um Mm -hmm. again pressford's pc uh i think they were predict what eighth or ninth in the big south out of what did they have 11 fell schools um so yeah they're they're on the, the bottom half and they're a better team than, than Benedict, but it's still a game that Charleston should win. So mm-hmm. I think from an offensive standpoint, you want to begin to, again, just uh, you have your, your top two scores in, in Brantley and, and Riller and see if is Jep, Zep Jasper going to be that third score. Um, also want to see Nick Harris from an offensive standpoint kind of take control of the paint and have the, the offense go through him so that way he can open up things for Jarrell because you have to imagine if he can command a double team because he's having his way, then, I mean, it's just like a free-for-all for Jarrell and, you know, and Grant uh, along those lines. So, yeah, offensively, just protect the basketball. Coach Grant always wants to have 10 or less turnovers. You know, Charleston was one of the top teams yeah, they in just the country about last, did it last year. year. Yeah, yeah, in terms of uh, protecting the basketball. So if they can cut down on the turnovers, continue to get the assists, you know, sharing the basketball, 14 assists last night. And I believe uh, six of the players that played last night all had assists. So, uh, you know, do that. Be efficient from the free throw line. And uh, it was great to see offensive rebounding last night. You know, last year, Charleston somewhat struggled with uh, offensive rebounding, which a lot of that is because, well, sometimes we didn't miss a lot. But, you know, to get uh, 14, uh, I think it was just a a good sign. So offensively, just come out and execute. Don't try to do anything you don't normally do. Know your role, play your role, and just, uh, you know, get it done on Tuesday. I'm anxious to see if – you know, if McManus is, is ready to go, it sounds like, you know, he, he's, he's still going to be a little bit limited. I want to see what the rotation looks like, you know, having seen what guys like Isaiah, Jalen, and and Zepp all look like in, in an exhibition game, you know, maybe see how Coach Grant tweaks things coming off the bench. And I agree with you. I, I'd be anxious to see if they get Nick involved early offensively. Yeah, he just seems to just go inside because, Jarrell, honestly, Jarrell and Grant, they can score at will. I mean, they can literally, whenever they want to score, they can just call an isolation play for Jarrell, and he can just, you know, just as I call it, Charles, Bar- Charles Barkley his way right to the rim, and there's nothing that anybody can do. And Jarrell has such a high basketball IQ and has such great court vision that if they do come with a double team, that's one area that he definitely has improved on. When you think back to his freshman year, when the double team came, I mean, he would throw it into the third row behind the bench. And now he he's really is developed so, into a passer. 
Exactly. So if he can continue that trend and just get shots for his teammates, because you double team Jarrell, that means you know obviously Nick should be having you know a dunk. Yeah, or he two. does the little dump off uh, underhand pass to Nick, or where he kicks right. it out. Yep. And then you have spot up shooters like a Zip or a Brevin or you know a, a Grant. So uh, in that situation, yeah, those are just the, the simple things that can be done, and and I'm sure Coach will talk about that you know, throughout practice this weekend and on Monday, just some attainable goals that Charleston should be able to uh, achieve. Yeah, and I know the the opener last year against Sienna, Jarrell goes down hours before that game, right? And they come out yes. and what we thought would be a, a steamrolling of Sienna turns into a tight overtime game. You know, Marquise hits a three late to, to kind of uh, give us some cushion, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they come out of the gates focused, well-conditioned, defense is gelled, and, uh, and you know, kind of put, puts Presbyterian away early. It'd be good to see. And I, I, I would expect the same starting lineup, I would think, on mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday with maybe Jalen McManus being the first guy off the bench. I mean, Jalen's probably only practiced, I don't know, three or four times. Yeah, maybe the most you know this this preseason. So uh, allow him just to ease himself into it. But we're gonna need a big year, you know, from him. And he's so valuable because he can play inside. He can play outside. He's more comfortable on the outside. But you know, we saw him last year fill in nicely for you know Jarrell when he missed those first what nine or ten games. So um, yeah, what is what is Jalen's natural position? I mean, he, he seems like he could be a three with with his shooting touch, but he had to play. Was he even out of position last year as a power forward backing up Jarrell? Absolutely. I mean, he is definitely a three. I mean, he's a scorer. He's a shooter. Um, you think about it, and I don't officially have the numbers, but I would say probably 75%, 80% of, of Jalen's points last year came on the outside. Uh, you know, oh, from yeah. the perimeter. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's just not a guy that, you know, but he, he has that size, you know, he's growing, he's about, you know, seven um, now and those long arms. And so, yeah, he, I think at best he's on the perimeter. Um, and one of those guys that, you know, when a Zep or Brevin find their way in the middle of the paint and the, uh, he's the type of guy that can just spot up over in the corner and he can make himself a lot of money after college. If he could consistently uh, hit that corner jumper, the corner jumper or just the, uh, the pump fake drive and and lay it up over a smaller guy. I think Jalen can do those things. The team, the team looks a lot better. Yeah. The pull up jumper, you know, the one dribble pull up and just, you know, be composed. Then defensively again, he could, you know, how many games last year did he have near, you know, double figures in terms of, of rebounds. Um, mm-hmm. And so when he's he's engaged defensively as well, he's another one that just has to lock in defensively, you know, not lose sight, not allow himself to, you know, get picked or run into a pick or just the little things of that that uh, you know nature. Yeah, he's another guy that could log you know twenty five minutes a night. Definitely. Well, Everett, it's an exciting time to be a, a CFC basketball fan. I'm looking forward to to some of your calls this season. Especially, you know what my favorite call of yours is that just is ingrained in my memory is wide open three. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> and that's just, you know, uh, uh, the offense. You know, that's what happens. And those usually. When the that, offense is rolling, exactly. you're, you're calling it like that. <laughs> and that's oh, yeah. And that's usually, you know, right before the ball goes to Jalen McManus, you know, because he's wide open because the defense has collapsed, you know, last year on Grant or on Joe. And he's the the beneficiary of that. So I hope he takes those guys. You can count it to, to the you know to the kicking chicken or to you know Mo's because those guys get him a lot of wide open looks. And so he needs to be very nice uh, to his teammates. But yeah, when I when I say <laughs> wide open, Tommy, I mean guys are in the paint and they're running frantically trying to get to the line. And a lot of times it's uh you know it's a little too late. So I don't uh I, I kind of pride myself on not sugarcoating it. And you know sometimes it is tough, but I say you know most cases they can't see what's going on and i know you're one of the many that watch the stream because of you being you know living where you live so uh you know yeah so you can actually see it and i hope that the people who watch it on the stream because you know we kind of simulcast with the radio as well so uh, hopefully y'all can put up with my radio call for the stream call 
because I, I unfortunately I can't do a radio call and then do the same thing for streaming as well. So we do both at the same time. So uh, you and Danny make a make a great pair, and uh, I enjoy you know having the, if I'm watching the William and Mary game in Williamsburg, and I don't want to don't want to listen to their guys, I will uh, mute it and and put the tune in app up with with you and Danny. I appreciate that, and I'm looking now. You said you're coming to. Are you coming to a home game, or are you just going to catch us when we play uh, Towson? So I'll probably go, I usually make the Towson game. I'm going to try to make the VCU game in Richmond. It's on a Saturday. That should be a good one. And I try to go to like a a JMU or a Drexel. Those are both reasonably close. That sounds good, man. And yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting you. Obviously, I'm a big fan of yours and follow you on, you know, on Twitter. And trust me, a lot of Cougar fans appreciate all that you do and your knowledge, you know, of... uh, of Charleston basketball. So it's uh it sometimes actually makes my job easier if I'm kind of pressed for time and I need uh to fill my <laughs> fill my board. I'm like, let's see what Tommy has tweeted and I can use some of his uh his intel. So keep up the good work, man. I uh we we all appreciate it. You're too kind. Any anything else you want to leave the people with before we uh go our separate ways here? Well, like I said, same place this year. You can catch us uh in Charleston on ninety four point seven FM or 9, 10 a.m. Uh, you can also catch us on the TuneIn app on uh, Charleston Sports or charlestonsportsradio.com. Uh, and uh, this year, the pregame show will be 30 minutes, so 30 minutes before every tip-off uh, because of okay. our new partnership with uh, Learfield, which we are loving. Uh, yeah, we, we'll have a 30-minute pregame show. And, uh, of course, the coaches show. It's not every Monday, but now that we're into basketball season, essentially it it's almost every other Monday. But like you said, uh, six o'clock at Uptown Social. But you know, whether you if you want to find the schedule, you can always uh, you know go to csc.sports.com. And if you have any questions that you want to ask coach and can't make it there, you can uh, tweet me at uh, CFC Basketball. <laughs> I need to. I just created the Twitter <laughs> handle for that. So uh, yeah, I think it's CFC Basketball. We'll do a fact check uh, on that one. Exactly. And then, of course, you can uh, tweet and then I'll ask coach uh, your question and you can just listen to it online. Sounds good. He's the voice of the Cougars, Everett German. Thanks for joining me, man. Hey, thanks, Tom.